Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin on the grounds of Silver Birch Ranch, which if you've never heard of Silver Birch Ranch, you should because it's a, it's a fun place to get away and hang out and... Um, and just enjoy God, enjoy people, and enjoy being out in nature the way that God intended to be and do some fun activities. So, and if you need someone to say dot .com, I'm your man. That's I, right. I, so I head over to silverbirchranch.com. Org. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you. Caught me. <laughs> I tricked you. All right. So Silverbirch Ranch is a nonprofit, so it's got an org at the end of it. That's right. Is that what determines an org versus yes. a com? Well, it's part, I'm, I don't know. I, oh. I believe I was told that's why we have an org there. Interesting. And then if you're a college, it's using EDU at the end. Okay. But not Nicolay Bible Institute. That's an org at the end. Right. Because it's a division of Silverbirch Ranch, which is an org. And... Um, Anyway, I, I think probably those little letters mean something to everybody but me. Yeah. I mean, I know the address has to be .com or And I'm org sure it's or, more than just that because isn't technically the Green Bay Packers a nonprofit organization? Right, but you don't have to, you don't have to do a... A work? You don't have to. Oh. No, we could do silverbirdtranch.com. We could, could have done that. Oh, okay. In fact, we might own that one. I have no idea. If you type, if you type silverbirdtranch.com in there, I bet you it takes you over to the org page anyway. Yeah. So, not sure. But I, I don't make up these rules. Where is the internet anyway? When you type something into there and, and it goes somewhere, where's it going? That's what I've always asked. You know, because I asked the question and I asked it of somebody, I don't know how long ago, that is like tech savvy. And I said, all right, so obviously we have internet and we hook up internet. And this was in the time where we had like internet brought to camp. Right. You know, like faster internet. I'm like, and so usually you have an internet provider that provides right. the internet, you know, whether, you know, some of the bigger ones are like 18. Like whatever. grandma at Thanksgiving provided the food. Right. You know, and so a lot of people pay somebody for internet. But my question is this, where do they get the internet from? Where does it go? Where does it come from? Okay. So if, where does the internet come from? Right now, if people are streaming this and they're in California, it started in Wisconsin in the studios of Relate365.com on a snowy, cold day in December. Yeah. So how does it get over to California? Where is it where they can just go and click on it and it goes over there? Yeah. Oh, I know there's some techie people out there that can tell us, but rumor had it when I was younger, it was Al Gore's basement. Yeah. I, because was it a basement or garage? Either way, because he claimed he invented the internet. Oh. And so we all thought, well. But where does the internet live besides it, his basement? Well, wouldn't you need an internet address to know? Yeah, but like... I have an internet address, so, dave.wager yeah. at silverbirdtrance.org. It goes back to like the whole idea is where where did, like where does internet come from? And how can like an internet provider provide it? Why can't we just create our own internet signal? I don't know those things. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to get a rocket scientist in here. To we're going to have to because we're talking and it's going somewhere and somebody's actually monitoring all this, but somewhere, somehow we're all connected. That's really weird. Yeah. You know, things move so quickly, though. I, I, I have a feeling that your generation and my generation is helping you along on this, is um, and not aware anymore of what absolute truth is. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what's going on, what's been going on in Washington, all right, we've just, I guess the House just uh, impeached the president, whatever that means. Right. Uh, to me, the idea of impeachment has totally lost its right. luster. And that's the funny thing, because my, my wife isn't much to follow the news. Um, and so, 
you know, we were watching uh, a TV show last night on the TV, and they at the bottom of the screen they said, "Breaking news: President Trump and Trump impeached." And she's like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "Well, really, nothing." Nothing. I'm like, "He's still the president." She's like, "Well, then." <laughs> like you try to explain, yeah. it's like, and that's and that's the silliness. Well, Bill Clinton was impeached, right? And he remained in office, yeah. and and did and and still is a voice for the Democratic Party, yeah. Um, it, it's very interesting to see the whole process. I mean, impeachment now, I'm afraid the future, we're in trouble because whatever party controls Congress can impeach the president because they're mad at him. Yeah. Um, there has to be, you know, people say, well, nobody's above the law. Okay, I, I agree. But if you're going to take a guy like Donald Trump, yeah. you just think about, now, I'm, this is not a political program. We are not trying to be political. I'm just talking thought-wise here. But if you were to take Donald Trump, this guy's been in business for like a gazillion years. Yeah. He ran for president. There was every background check in the universe run on him. Right. By everybody. And some. Yeah, everybody. And that, if they didn't find something, they'd have to make something up. If they did find things, he if you looked through time when people came and accused him of things, a lot of times he said, yeah, so? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that happened, so what? Yeah. Um, they want his tax records. He's going, show me yours. You know, no. Right. Those are those are private, and you know people can say whatever they want. Well, he should or whatever, you know. Go put your tax records out for everybody to see, and let them see all the deductions you've taken through the years, and let them scrutinize everything you've ever done. Right. You know, in the process, I want to promise that if if somebody started scrutinizing your life or my life the way that they did Trump's, mm-hmm. they're going to find something. Right. Because nobody has ever done everything one hundred percent right all the time. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to take that and magnify it, and, and Trump doesn't help himself by the way he talks, but right. you know he doesn't obviously talk like a politician, and that's giving everybody in Washington fits, you know, yeah. because he basically talks like a business guy. Right, and he doesn't go through the typical hoops or ways that politicians usually No, I, I like, and you know I've told you this, I like comparing him to a bulldozer. He just kind of bulldozes through everything yeah. and wrecks everything in the process mm-hmm. so that he can flatten something out. Right. You know, I mean, uh, we did that this year on our ski trails, went out there to bulldozer and just kind of ran over everything. And we're trying to make it so that it's better skiing and all this kind of stuff. And in the process, though, you you dig dirt up. Right. And I think uh, there was dirt dug up. I mean, you look at all of the garbage in Washington that is not being talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still curious to whether Biden did anything wrong while he was vice president on that, whatever he did. Right. And I don't even want to get into it. I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious as to the things that are just swept under the carpet mm-hmm. in the process. Because when you're going through this, and I think this is why the Congress probably lessened the charge to these two little ones. Yeah. Because the investigation would have brought out all kinds of garbage on all kinds of people. Right. That they owe favors to. And the Senate does not want to bring any witnesses right do you ever think of why what are they covering up yeah i don't know i don't either but in in the long short and long haul of it how how in the world what what do we do what do you do as a young man when you look at this the state of our nation is um interesting yeah what do you do i mean what's your thought process how are we going to fix it and how what do we do about what's going on in washington yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, what do you what do you do to change it? And that's what I'm not sure. You know, because everybody talks about how you know bad it is. 
regardless of whatever side you're on, you know, everybody knows that they're not looking forward to next year and the political ads that they're going to see, because it's just, it's, it's, it's shifted from talking about what your platform is to just bashing the other people around you. Right. You know, and we've talked about that before and it's just like, how do we, you know, we need to somehow reset the system to say, you know what, here's what I stand for vote for me or don't vote for me. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like, well, they did this, they did this, you know, it's like, I don't care, you know? Um, but that's, that's the political system, you know? And I realize that, I mean, nobody's perfect, you know, regardless of who you support as, you know, political sides. I mean, you look at our political culture culture and I would say that I can't even think of anybody out in the political land. It's like, when you know, to my sons, it's like, you know, don't be like that. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Has any politician, through being a politician, what they say on the news and all that kind of stuff, changed your opinion in politics? Um, no. So whatever opinion you had, and I don't want to know pro-Trump, anti, I, I don't want yeah. to know that. But whatever opinion you had has not been swayed by whatever they're doing in Washington at this point? No. So have has your opinion ever been swayed by what people say on Facebook? No. What other social medias are there? Uh, I, I, there's everything. Instagram, so on Twitter. any social media, has no. your opinion ever been changed? So why do we? Why would you go to social media then? If why would anyone post something on social media to try and change somebody else's mind? I don't know. They just like stirring the pot. And since that doesn't really happen, it seems like social media is becoming a tremendous waste of time. Yeah. No, that's my thought. I mean, it's like, really? You're you're out there. How many times on Twitter or, you know, I don't have all the social media accounts that some of the young people have, but how many times do people go out there and just start campaigning on something? Oh, all the time. And nobody changes their mind? No. So who are they campaigning to? <laughs> Anybody that would listen. <laughs> but the only people that are listening are either those who are going to attack them for what they said. Right. Or those who already believe what they said and and will agree with them and agree with them right. and and they're trying to get that so that they get so they feel good about themselves yes <laughs> or maybe they just need to have the need to feel to express themselves i guess so you maybe know. maybe they're not expressing themselves anywhere else in the world so they get to do it online and yeah and i think that's pretty dangerous actually because when you don't have to look somebody in the eye you can say whatever you want oh yeah it's, it totally changes everything yeah. I mean, you can even see it in, in Trump every once in a while. I mean, he tweets some really doozies. Right. Well, and even, even watching some of the proceedings, you know, I just happened to see like some clips as I was, you know, checking the news and stuff. And there was one of the, the congressmen, you know, that was giving a speech on why they shouldn't in, in, in impeach. Yeah. And then the, they showed a pan of like, the, I don't know if it was the Democratic side of the room. And they're all just talking to each other, you know, doing their own thing. So, like, it's like the whole system is pointless. Yeah. You know, here, I mean, even in that context, he's talking. They could care less. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, it's just funny. Well, the you whole, know what? The I, whole went conversation. Down, I went down once and I opened a session for the Wisconsin legislature. I opened uh, it in prayer. It was the day that the governor was going to give the state of the state address. So everyone was in town and the governor was there and, and he was there that evening. And I stayed for the state of the state um, address that night as a guest of whoever. And as I was sitting there, I was just observing. Now, this is when Governor Walker was the governor of Wisconsin. Yep. And there was a great majority of Republicans in, the, in both chambers of 
legislator there. And so when Governor Walker was talking, many people were paying attention. But I, I, I watched where the Democrats were. They're all in one area, yeah. obviously. They were as rude that I, of, of people that I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm. While the governor was talking, they were slapping each other five, telling jokes, laughing, talking aloud as if the governor wasn't even talking up there. Yeah. It was their way of trying to show that they could care less what he says. Right. Now, I'm an old fifth grade teacher. That yeah. would have been unacceptable in my classroom. Right. I don't care if somebody comes in that you disagree with 100%, you're not rude to them. Right. And, and, that's, and that's the thing, like, like political opinions aside, it's like, where have we lost like manners? Right. And respect. Well, you don't need manners on social media. You know, and that's the thing, it, 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 like it, at some point our culture is just thrown out the window, Yep. you know, and that's the unfortunate thing, you know, no longer can you have your beliefs and I have my beliefs. And even if we disagree, you know, it seems like we can't even have a conversation anymore. Exactly. You know, and that, and that's going to destroy culture in the long run because the, the public forum is supposed to be a place where you can get together and you can talk about things that the general public needs to talk about in, yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. But we keep trying to win these debates rather than debate the debates. In other words, going in and trying to talk about something. I, I still, I know that most people your age on down, you believe 100% in, in the climate change kind of thing. And I know you're not exactly into all of it as, sure. as much as some, but I cannot, as one who has a background in science and education, yeah, I'm not buying the whole thing. Yeah. And when I say that, it's like, oh, how can't you? All of the research. And, and when I ask, well, where's the research? Mm-hmm. I don't get an answer. It's like, and I, you and I talked about it. It's pamphlet knowledge. It's brochure knowledge. It's, right. I, I read this on Wikipedia. And so now I'm an expert. I, yeah. And right. I'm thinking, you know what? Not everything that you say and not everything that you've read could be accurate. Right. You need to be careful about what you start believing in just because somebody was persuasive in how they said it. Mm-hmm. Now, I happen to know a guy who's a, a, a scientist um, who studies history, climate change, that kind of thing. Yeah. And his one comment to me was very profound and simple. He said, when you say climate change, nobody can argue that because it's always in a flux. It's always changing. Right. There's always patterns. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Um, we at camp were talking about that. We were talking about uh, Sawyer Lake. Silverbridge Ranch is on Sawyer Lake. It's a yep. beautiful lake. And when we were starting the, the ministry back in 1968, the lake was right up against what we have down there, what we call our boathouse. It was That's right. right up against it. Yeah. Then um, through the years, it went down and up. And, and when it hit a low, I forget how many yards it was from the boathouse, but it was substantial we had a nice beach between we have two docks out there we had a nice beach between it and, yeah and now today again it's up by the it's boat getting house. closer that's right <laughs> so it's like oh man and and when we were talking in our meeting we were just saying well those of us that have been here for all 50 years 50 some years it's okay yeah i mean we've seen this it's a cycle yeah and and there are people when the lake was down low yeah, I was in, uh, uh, on a committee, the Wolf River Lakes and Streams Association, and people would get together and they were all talking about 
uh, climate change. We're going to lose all the water in the lake. And and they were talking about how we need to put wells down into the lake to pump water into the lake to make the you know lake not lose any more water. And oh, wow. the government DNR came in and basically sat everybody down and said, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. The lake is what's called our lake is is a spring fed lake. Yeah. So water comes up from the ground and feeds the lake. And so now they were all screaming about, see the climate, we're running out of water. Mm -hmm. And immediately my science background kicked in and said, we're really not running out of water. Right. You do realize that you can't run out of water. Right. That water just takes different forms and stays around. Right. So I understand if you say we're running out of clean water, but we're not running out of water. We have the same amount that yeah. we've always had. Some's in a frozen form, some's in a vapor form, some's in a water form. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's there mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah, I spit on the ground. It goes somewhere. It goes down and into your drinking water eventually, <laughs> or it goes mm, delicious up and it comes in your rainwater. I, I have no idea, but it's always there. Right. So to hear people say we're running out of water, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at them, and then to see a big group of people get all emotional about it. We're running out of water, and I'm looking at them thinking, uh-oh. Yeah. We got the emotional side going here. Mm -hmm. We have no facts. We have brochure, brochure knowledge at best. Right. And now I'm supposed to, as the, one of the officers of this, communicate how disastrous it is that we're living in times where the lake's disappearing. Yeah. And, and before you know it, they said, we're going to have just a muck hole there. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, we will not. Mm -hmm. The DNR came, said very carefully that, you know what? About 25 years ago, it didn't rain as much as it has now. And it, for the last 25 years, they said, believe it or not, when we look at our charts, you, you've been in a drought mm -hmm. scenario for about 20, I forget how many years it was, but a lot of years. Yeah. And since the water's not hitting the ground here, it's not filtering down into the ground. Right. And that's where your springs are. So your springs are a little light mm -hmm. on water. They said, don't worry. Now, let me ask you, the last couple of years, have we had rain? Oh, we've had rain. Oh, man. We've had rain. Abundance. <laughs> that's right. So look out, you know, five years from now, however long it takes to get down there. And now we're seeing it. The lake is. Yeah. We even found a spring. We did. A spring <laughs> sprung. A spring sprung. And now we have a spring. Yeah. Right by one of our, our, our prayer chapel, right behind it, all of a sudden, a spring came out of the ground. That's it's right. Like, oops. We that's never right. knew that existed. That's right. And now we do. And it's like, huh, no oh. kidding. So there is climate change. So I, I might say to those that are listening that are really concerned and worried about it, I you know, I think you need to be good stewards of whatever God gives you, uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you have a car, I think you should take care of it. If you have a yard, I think you should take care of it. You know, whatever. I think yeah. you need to be responsible. But I don't think we need to be worried that it's not going to be here. Right. Uh, the earth is extremely resilient. Mm -hmm. Extremely. Yeah. Um, no matter what we've done to it, it recovers. Yeah. It seems even you go out uh, all of the the oil spills we've had mm -hmm. through the years. You go back there now, and and yes, you can see some remnants of of certain things. But my goodness, it it seems to clean itself up. Yeah, uh, the forest. We live in the forest, so yeah. if there's a fire or, or windstorm like we saw it, it seems like the the spot. Remember the tornado hit that one spot. I don't know how many five oh, six yeah. seven years ago. Oh, well, it was longer than that now. Yeah, it was, it, it's almost 
like you don't notice it there right, anymore. Right, because everything's grown up and recovered. The earth is resilient. Right. Um, God created it. He knew people were going to live on it. He actually knew that we were going to breathe out um, carbon dioxide. Right. And uh, he made all these trees that absorb it and give us oxygen. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think it works pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not buying it as no. an old guy. Um, so you have you have a chance to convince me, but I'm not buying it. Well, I don't need to convince you. There you go. Because <laughs> on this issue, I'm, I'm not buying it either. But, so. but here's the story now. If somebody was sitting here who disagreed vehemently with me, I would respect them. Right. But I would ask them to document with significant data right. what they're saying. Yeah. Not to document it with, well, I read this online and the little girl from Denmark is convinced that it's happening and I want more documentation than that. Right. You know, and even to the point where, yes, I realize you could even get a couple scientists in the room mm-hmm. that would have different opinions and it would be wise to listen to both and I doubt you're going to come to a conclusion because both of them are looking at the data in a different way. Right, right. So I, I think... Unfortunately, we've lost the ability to know what truth is, and we're just making it up as we go, and I think we're going to be hurt because of it down the road. Yeah. Um, but how do you get that back? How do we get to where we care about what's true anymore? You know, I think it, it, um, it's something that you just need to set your life on, you know? You know, it, it, it's like the building blocks of your life. And we've talked about worldview, and we've talked about even understanding the, the things, the truths that don't change. Right. You know, and I think if you were to focus on that, then your life will show that, you know. Right. But if you're, if you don't have anything that's absolute in your life, then how, how do you even define truth? So what doesn't change? God. All right. That's, your relationship with God. Okay. That's, that's it. That's it, you know. And so that's the thing. And so you look at people and, and oftentimes you can almost tell, you know, who has that foundation and who doesn't because, you know, you look at, at, at their stances on things and their beliefs and it's so like non-consistent, right. you know, not saying that, that as Jesus followers that we have it all figured out, you know, but at least there's that one thing that is consistent Yeah. and realizing that we're not God. And so there are things about this earth that we're not going to understand, but there are things that we can understand and know for a fact, you know, I know for a fact I'm sitting at a chair, right. You know, and I know for a fact, you know, we, we <laughs> that I was born a guy. Right. You know, I think there are some things, even though we try to, some people try to say that it's not the way it is. It's like, no, let's, let's actually like stop, pause and think and how we're saying this. Right. You know. Yeah. So really what's interesting is, can you find truth by a majority opinion? No. No. And what happens if you are set up to determine truth by majority opinion what what do you think happens have you ever thought through that what happens is very simple instead of hearing the truth you hear politicians who try and get you right to believe what their agenda is right so you open yourself up for that right because you're believing now that it's a majority opinion that that gives you the truth so now if i am a lying cheating person yeah the thing i'm concerned about is manipulating you Sure. Because we've already determined that truth comes from the majority of how people think. So now instead of embracing the truth, instead of Dave Wager even looking for it, right? what I'm trying to do is look at how I manipulate the truth. Right. 
so that I can get you to declare what I want to be true. Right. So that I can benefit. Hitler did that, by the way. I was that was that was, I was he took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, because a lot of things when you, as soon as we say the word manipulation, a lot of the things a lot of us internally think, well, I'm not manipulated. You know, and I guarantee you when you were to look at all the people that Hitler influenced, they would have said the same thing. But you look at what he was able to do and the amount of people he was able to kill with with people believing it each step of the way. Now, that's a, a very extreme example, but it, you know, it just goes to show that what you're implying, Dave, is that at some point we choose to filter what we allow in and what we don't allow in. Right. And, and I think that's a key point, you know, and that's even a biblical perspective. You know, we're called to guard our minds and our hearts. And so maybe that's where we need to start when it comes to looking at our world and the things that we intake. It's like, all right, what are we allowing ourselves to think on, to dwell on, and to live by? And how do we come to the conclusions? Right. Is it because a majority of people around us believe a certain way? Right. You know, and that, and that it can't be that. You have to go back to the things that don't change. And so, you know, the things that don't change are the principles that God gives us in Scripture. And so, you know, the way that I live should go back to that. And sometimes it may not be popular. You know, sometimes it may not be the cool thing to do. So what if the, what if we, someone says, yeah, I believe that, but then we're changing what Scripture actually means. Right. Again, no, the Scripture already said something. Right. And you need to discover it. You can't make it up. You can't change it. Right. It actually tells us that God created man, male and female. Yeah. It gave us two options. Right. I don't care what you want to do through the rest of the Bible and try and make it so that there's more than two options. There aren't. Right. And, and in reality, at the very core of it, and I don't care what you say, in order to, to multiply, you know, whatever, whether it be humans, whether it be animals, you have to have a male and a female. Right. That's how God designed it. Right. And so there's something to say behind the proof of that, you know. I mean, God Absolutely. God created it, you know, with, with design and intention. And, and, you know, we've been able to, you know, there's some things that are obvious and some things that, you know, at some point in the eternity will be like, oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know. Well, you look at the, the ultimate end of something often. Yeah. To try and figure out whether it's right or not. Mm-hmm. The ultimate end of a, a homosexual lifestyle is no people. Right. So nobody would be here. Yeah. You know, and, and the argument, well, they can adopt or they could do this. It's like, well, that's... No, if everybody yeah. did it, the ultimate end would be there'd be nobody. And that's, right. And that's the thing, you know. It's not the way it was meant to be. Right. So it's not the way it was meant to be. I mean, that's all there is to it. Right. Now, if you want to choose that lifestyle, right, at least have the guts enough to say it's not the way it was meant to be. Right. Not, oh, I can't help it, and God made me this way, and all this other yeah. stuff. And here's, here's a, a simple thing that I've used with young people, as we talked about, you know, even, even the simplicity of doing right and wrong. You know, when you do something that God wants you to do, there is zero baggage with it. Right. There is nothing that you would regret. There is no guilt. There is no shame. But if you do something that God wa- doesn't want you to do, there is always baggage with it. No yep. matter how good the pleasure was for a moment or whatever it is, there's always something or some other ramifications. And that, and, and we've, we've trained ourselves to ignore that sometimes, right? you know, 
But unfortunately, we always get to the point in our discussion where we have to pause and say we're out of time. And we're at that point in our discussion. I feel like we always ramp up and get to a fun spot. And then it's like, oh, we're out of time. We're we're unfortunately out of time. But uh, if you joined us towards the end or in the middle there, I encourage you to head over to relate365.com to download this podcast, re-listen to it, subscribe to it, or even check out some of the other podcasts that we do. We love just being able to share our conversations with you and, and just talk about truth. Uh, So thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we will see you here next time.